Welcome to the Invest Local Podcast, where we uncover the brilliance of local businesses that are slugging it out, serving their customers and giving back to their own communities. Check us out at vicinitycapital.com and give us a follow on social media. We'd love to hear from you. Also, we are not making any investment recommendations, nor are we providing any sort of investment advice. Now on with the show. Sure. No, no, absolutely. So you, you mentioned um, you know, the lady, Lydia, from, from South Carolina a couple of yep. times. So it's not strictly just the Tennessee. I mean, you're looking at, at making a, a, a regional, like a Southeast regional you know, play with, with Made South. How, how many states, how, what does the reach look like? For, for uh, well, I mean, we've we've shipped, golly, we've shipped subscription boxes to all fifty states. I and, love it. And I mean, even the events that we produce or have produced in the past, we've done them all here in Franklin, except for one. We did one in Alabama. One, I'm sorry, we did one in Alabama. We did one in Greenville, South Carolina, years ago, 2016. We did an event in Greenville, South Carolina. So with, with the companies that you, you want to partner with, that you want to include in, 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 the, in these boxes, um, you know, would you say that that craft in, in our cheese and world has become overdone? Or do you think that's part of just this resurgence that's getting started with regards to, you know, local detail craftsmen, which, which may not always be, you know, the, the, the most uh, inexpensive, right? But, but certainly is going to have you know, a, a great quality, but also, you know, a, a powerful um, implication behind it. Uh, I, I don't think that it's a fad. I think that it's it certainly um, every piece of data that we look at, it has been growing and growing and growing. And uh, for probably close to 10 years now, I would I you know, best estimation, I feel like that craft artisan movement started 2010, 2011, really started we started hearing more and more about it. And I feel like it's getting to the point where, you know, again, I'm trying to remove personal opinion and things like this, but even, even the situations I feel like we're facing today with COVID, I think that is shining a light more on things that are made in our country and wanting to support the businesses who are investing in having production here you know i've got friends outside the region i love them dearly i love traveling outside the region but i got people every week who contact us and go hey man i make this awesome uh wallet out of recycled baseball gloves and i go man that's really cool where are you at and they're like uh we're in tacoma washington i go it's just it's not for us you know our thing we want to focus on our niche and stay focused on that and we take that even down to, you know, event sponsors, the, the people who we allow to sponsor our events. We want them to be Southern brands. We want them to be brands that, you know, have some legacy like a Duke's mayonnaise or a mountain Valley spring water or cheer wine, or, you know, I mean, fill in the blank. We, we love working with um, Goo Goo cluster. I can, I can think of a hundred different brands I would love to work with or brands we've been fortunate enough to work with. Uh, we always want those to even be Southern brands. So that's just kind of the niche we're in. Yeah. Well, and I, and I, I don't think it's when you said that we're talking about the resurgence of that, I don't believe it's going away. And if I agree with you, COVID has, has amplified. Um, I have a group where I'm currently living in a community and now I have a group of about 12 uh, solid, you know, guy friends and 
me and one other, so two out of the 12, uh, you know, work for somebody else. The other 10 are small business owners, entrepreneurs, um, you know, whether that's a family run grocery store, food trucks, um, you know, carpenter, I mean, you, you name it, house flipping, they're all have gone out on their own, which is incredible. And we love that. Um, but it's during this COVID time, I, I pinged them all, you know, how's everybody doing, you know, and their business is just doing really well individually because the community, you know, wasn't looking at, they said, oh, how can we turn and help our own? How can my dollar impact, you know, my neighbor, my friend, you know, here that's going to, you know, help our community. So I agree with you hundred percent. I, I, I think, I don't think it's a fad. I think we're in for, for a more of a focus of where are things made, how are they made, um, you know, and the story, story behind it. So back to made, made South. Along the way, you know, before starting it, starting it uh, midway through a few years in, was there any point did you ever think, you know, that you were, and this is, you know, on the darker side, I guess, of the precipice of, okay, we're about to go out of business, or I don't know how I'm going to, you know, make this. Um, I mean, if you wouldn't mind, you've been very transparent so far. So what what happened in one of those instances, if you don't mind me asking, what pulled you through? How did you and, and your wife power up? Uh, yeah. I mean, so I would say I've experienced that twice so far. First time was in 2017. We had, um, we did our first event in 2015. We did two events in 15, two events in 16. And we shut down the boxes at the end of 2016 to focus exclusively on events. And so 2017 rolls around and our plan was, hey, let's take this event that's been doing well for us and let's take it on the road and we're going to do one event in Birmingham, Alabama. We're going to do one event, a summer event in Franklin, Tennessee. We're going to do um, an event in Atlanta, Georgia, an event event in Louisville, Kentucky, and then we'll end up the year with our, our annual holiday market back in Franklin. So we had, we were, man, we threw all of our eggs in this basket. We hired a PR team. Um, We, I made a hire, a good friend of mine. I brought him on part-time, probably three days a week to kind of help me navigate some operations issues. And we were like, man, let's go crush this. And uh, we did our first event in Birmingham, Alabama. To date, it's the most expensive event we've ever done. We thought we would have about 2,500 people come to that event. We had about 1,500 people come to that event. That was the first time I was like, okay, I mean, 1,500 people, brand new market for us. Okay, not, we didn't lose money, but we thought we would have $20,000 more than we have right now. And so that did not feel very good. I was like, oh man. And so our second, but we said, okay, our next event's in our hometown, it's Franklin. We're gonna have a great event. It was uh, July, it was 100 degrees outside. And, and our events are indoors, which is, I was like, man, this is gonna be awesome. We're gonna give people you know, a respite. They're gonna be able to come to our event, cool off, do some shopping, have a cocktail, listen to some live music, it's gonna be great. And 30 minutes after we started our event, the power in the entire building went out because somebody a a car and everybody was safe but a car ran into a power pole down the road 
and knocked power out for several square miles in Franklin. And so at, at our event opened at nine o'clock and at nine 30, hundreds of people were pouring out of our event because it was pitch black. All of the musicians didn't have power to play their instruments. All of the chefs didn't have power to cook their dishes. Um, it was, I remember standing there watching people just flood out of the event 30 minutes after it started. <clears throat> we did the best we could to try to salvage that, but uh, that was a, that was a heartbreaking day. And then um, our third event of the year in Atlanta, Georgia, we had signed up to have it hosted at a brand new venue. When we looked at the venue in January, the company that we were going to work with had just bought the building and they showed us all the renovation plans, everything that was going to happen and their target date. It's a, it's a brewery in Atlanta that I'm not going to mention. I still think very highly of them, although I don't feel like they treated us very fairly given the situation, but um, they, they said, we're going to turn into this beautiful space. We measured everything out. We did our layout. Um, I mean, we, we did everything. And they said, our grand opening is two months before your event. So I was going, okay, plenty of time built in here. And so we drove to Atlanta. Um, myself and our director of events drove to Atlanta the week before the event. And when we walked in, it was a construction war zone. I mean, there were there were people welding and people pouring concrete and the sod outside was being like laid and was being uh, uh, irrigated and was super muddy. And, and we were walking around in this place going, in a week, we have a hundred makers coming here from all over the South, not just Atlanta. I mean, they were coming from everywhere and we've got a couple thousand people coming to this event. And I, I was looking at this space going, there's no chance they're going to have this space ready by then. <clears throat> and so we took a bunch of photos, you know, did our, what we came to do, which take a lot of measurements and do a lot of things. And we got back in the truck to drive back to Franklin. And I was just, we were talking about it. I was going, it, it, it's, what do we do? We either, we either pull the plug now or we just hope and pray in which case I feel like we're going to have to pull the plug in six days, which is, which would be one day away from the event. And so what is the worst case scenario here? I had, uh, I had like some um, vendor contracts that were due on the Monday. We went and visited on a Friday on Monday morning, we had a bunch of vendor contracts that were due that we had to pay those in full or we were going to, you know, we were going to lose our, our um, the, the goods that we had reserved for the event. And so I was like, I was like, man, we, we would have to pay all this money on Monday. And there's a, I just feel it in my gut. There's a really good chance that we are not going to have this event. And so we made the hard decision on Monday to cancel that event. And we lost our, wow. our deposit. Um, we lost some deposits with vendors, although we didn't have to pay the balances because they were due on that Monday and we canceled before then. Uh, 
We had to refund maker fees for a hundred different makers. We had to refund tickets. We had, I mean, we, five out of five events that year, we really had two of them hmm. and we had spent a lot of money. We'd invested in some talent. We'd invested in PR and uh, it was a brutal, brutal year that at the end of that year, we ate 150 grand that hmm. we just had to eat. It just wasn't there anymore. It used to be in an account that we had. And my wife and I said, we, we got to write this check and we got to, we got to make these people whole. And, uh, it was, it was, um, it was a really, really rough year. And so that was the first time. The second time is right now. I'm experiencing it right now. We had four events on our books for this year. We got the first one barely in under the wire, February 29th, leap year. All whatever broke loose on March 13th, you know, or mid-March. And um, since then, we've had to cancel two other events due to this COVID stuff. And uh, right now, I mean, we had to make the hard decision last week. Um, and, and really, we didn't make the decision. The state of Tennessee refused to issue our event permit last week because we wouldn't agree to keep it below 50 people. They wouldn't issue our permit. We had to cancel that event. That event was scheduled for August 1st. So literally today, yesterday, but yesterday we started planning the refund process. But today, Alexis, who is our director of events, is contacting each person who purchased tickets and is offering them, you know, this uh, offering them kind of a bundle to try to salvage some of that revenue. Um, but we for sure have lost money on this event. And so that's, it's a, uh, we're in the middle of it right now. And that's what sure. happened to me. I, I will say this when we had to, when we had to cancel our first event, our first event that we canceled was scheduled for the end of May. And we had to make the call on that by mid April. And so we did that. Um, because man, it was just so uncertain and all these deposits were due. And so we, we made that decision mid April and I said, and I, you know, I'm a spiritual guy. I, I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. I believe that it was given to me just this idea of like, go, just go back to these boxes. Like that's where you started. Go back and try that. And so we, uh, we have not really tried, but we started offering these, Southern boxes back in April and <clears throat> excuse me. I mean, our pitch is, and it's not a pitch. It's the truth. But like we see we're struggling right now. We're having to cancel events due to COVID. And at the same time, I'm looking around, I'm on my Instagram feed. There are people I know makers. I know I've looked them in the eye before and I see they're struggling because most of these makers rely heavily on a wholesale business. They have, they have retail shops that purchase their products wholesale and then sell them in their retail shops. Well, a lot of these retail shops are closed right now or they're 50% capacity or they're, you know, they're being restricted. And so in April I was looking around and a lot of people had their doors closed and we've got a couple of businesses that are wholesale focused and I saw those wholesale sales were down. <coughs> Excuse me. And I was like, what, what could we do? Could we bring back this box and could we order product from these people 
put them in the box, tell their story, ship them out. It generates a little bit of revenue for us, but also I can go to six, seven, eight, nine different small businesses for each box and say, I want to buy your product and I want to pay you your wholesale rate. And that's a good to walk in to, to email somebody and say, Hey, I need 300 of your keychains that you make. Whoa, you need, you want to buy 300 keychains from me? I mean, that's a good order for a lot of people. And so that, um, you know, we, it's a bad name. We started calling it a small, small Southern small business care package. And it was like, Hey, the company that we hire to pack all this up, they're a small business in Nashville. Um, we're a small business. All of the small businesses that we're buying product from, they're small businesses. So the only money that doesn't stay with small business is the money that, that FedEx or the United States Postal Service or UPS keeps. We have to pay them to deliver these boxes. But other than that, 100% of that money stays with small businesses in our region and hopefully can keep some of these people sustained. If I can... If I can order $1,200 worth of product from somebody who hasn't had an order in a month, that's a big deal to them. No, it's, it's a pretty, pretty incredible box idea that you guys have come. And, and I just that encouragement of going to a small business, like you said, I'd like to have 300 keychains or I'd like to do, you know, this sauce or this candle or this. I mean, the, the impact of encouragement that somebody cares, you know, about their business where in today's world, it, you know, that might get, get lost that, you know, no one looks at me because I may not be a big, you know, chain or I might be whatever the reason may, may be. So I, I think that's an incredible service that, that you all are both doing to, to kind of highlight. Um, so in the community, you know, as, as we kind of conclude and I appreciate you getting very real and, and sharing that. I mean, this is, this is definitely uncertain times we've all been, been living in. What's your favorite part about, um, let's go with the community you're in now in Franklin, uh, Tennessee, and then we can kind of expound on the South, but Franklin, what's your favorite part about Franklin, Tennessee? Oh man. Um, you know, I always I, a good um, sign to take a deep sigh and have yeah. to think about it. That's it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, dude, it is. Uh, I feel sometimes not. You know, you've seen the have you seen the movie The Truman Show? Have you seen The Truman Show? Yes. Okay. I have The Truman Show is, um, you know, that that little town is just this idyllic little town. Now it's fake, but uh, but it, visually it's appealing and it's idyllic. And I feel like Franklin is the real version of that. I mean, it is, it's a gorgeous little small town that is just loaded with classic Americana charm. You know, we've got the little main street and the little square and all the little quaint shops and, you know, little restaurants in old brick buildings. And, um, and then we've got some, some really great outdoor spaces. Um, and, and all of that is 18 miles south of Nashville, which is where I was born, which is one of the, you know, I, I think by all accounts, Nashville is considered to be one of the hottest cities on the planet right now. And, um, and so it, it just, there's nothing, I, there's nothing I don't love about Franklin, Tennessee. It just, the people are kind. Uh, the music is good. The outdoor spaces are great. If you're into history, there's a ton of that here. Um, it just, it's, I, there's nothing I don't love about Franklin. 
Great answer. Great answer. No, honest, honesty. I love it. I love it. Well, well, Chris, before we, we end, I, I, for those people that are interested in, in accruing a, a special Southern charm, something from your community, from something from the South, where can they learn more about Made South? You know, follow videos, your story, what you all are about. Where can we connect them? Yeah, uh, I appreciate that. So madesouth.com and, and some people joke and are like, made, M-A-I-D? No, it's not made like M-A-I-D, uh, but made, M-A-D-E, south.com. And um, yeah, I, I am in the, I'm in the throes of research right now about how to really begin investing in growing this subscription business because it does, it gets back to why we started it. It gets back to supporting, directly supporting small businesses and, uh, and caring about where things are made and where they come from and the story behind them. And I love learning about, you know, if a guy is making these wallets because his grandfather was a leather maker who taught him how to do this when he was 12, or I love hearing those kinds of stories. So MadeSouth.com, um, we just launched our, our July shipment yesterday. And so if anybody would love to go pop a hundred bucks, we're going to send you seven different items that are made by small businesses from around the South. And, uh, and you know, other than shipping a hundred percent of that money stays with and supports these small businesses. So I, and if they want to follow on Instagram every now and then, I love, I love that you brought up that video. It's, it's just something one day I was like, I'm going to sit down and do this unboxing. And I love, it even reminds me cause I pick the things and then a month later we ship it. And I'm like, I opened it up. I was like, Oh crap. I forgot we even put that in there. And so it's, it's fun for me to do it. And I just sit here and I fire up an iPhone and do it from my office. Hearing encouraging, you know, stories behind a great product from a good storyteller is more of what this country needs right yeah. now. So, well, well, Chris, thank you so much. And thank you for your, your time. And there you have it. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Invest Local Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a review and feel free to follow us on any of our social media platforms. And don't forget to tune in next week for more local stories.